Blog Talk Radio. up or you know there is 
there is some stuff we'll talk about. We'll de- we'll definitely preview the weekend, but um, you know, we got a we got a card. I believe it's a pay per view card, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> I'm just some old ass fighters that shouldn't be fighting, but hey, you know what I mean. It, it, it's free, so I mean the fight's not free. I don't think, but um, and then there's actually kind of an interesting. I thought I think. Uh, coming up as far as prospect. I think that's on a Sunday, though. So we'll talk about that. Um, there is some current fight news that we'll discuss. Um, and, you know, we'll, of course, be close with the boxing Twitter segment. Uh, we'll talk about the Ring Magazine slash Ring TV. Um, voting on a fight to try to make it lineal, that just makes no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever. Doesn't doesn't make sense at all. Um, luckily, it didn't pass. But the fact that they even put that up is like what? Like it, it just it's kind of weird, man. Not really though. It's boxing, right? Um, we now know that Showtime will close their doors, but it's now we for sure know it's going to be in the great state of Minnesota, in the great city. Of Minneapolis. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we also heard some Netflix um, stuff that looks like it seems like it's a legit report. Uh, they're talking PBC, and they're also talking these are separate PBC and Jake Paul potentially uh, have an event. I don't think it's a deal, but I, I believe that it's just an event kind of a one-off maybe i know they're getting interested in one-offs they have a uh i think it's like a pro-am golf tournament if i remember correctly coming up i think we talked about that in the past when we were just you know mentioning to zone and you know other rumors like amazon and whatnot so um we'll uh we'll discuss that i think it came from the wall street journal originally um and then in recent weeks, I've been trying to ignore it, but I keep getting these messages, and they're from, you know, the usual suspects to an extent. But I'm pretty sure this all comes back to Rick Laser again, and him going with, you know, the Al Heyman, Watto, and Reed thing. I, I keep I, the last couple of weeks, basically ever since Showtime is a, you know, announced it's done for boxing. Excuse me. I'm getting getting these messages that are just like, really, dude. Anyway, well, we'll I'll clear that up. Otherwise, I'll just keep getting bugged. So um, I'm gonna clear that up. That's deep in the show, though. And do we have a PBC, PBC announcement coming soon? A lot of people think that they're. Uh, a lot of the usual suspects think that they're desperate, and uh, you know they're beat with the zone and Eddie Hearn is the reason why they're not signing with the zone and um and that they really disowned now is the only platform available and it just seems like they don't want to do it and just a bunch of stuff that just uh lines up you're like I don't 100% like I'm pretty sure I know what the deal is um I don't have a I'm not going to announce it here um, I don't know it for 100% fact. Um, if I knew 100% fact, then that'd be different. But um, it sounds really good. Let's put it that way. As far as that 
there's a deal in place, um, which that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, a lot of these boxing reporters are just late to it. They're talking about meetings that happened a long time ago and playing like they just happened. Um, so we're going to talk about it. But like I said, I, per usual, I want to start in the ring. Um, so, yeah, if this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. Generally, it's Tuesdays. It's been back-to-back Wednesdays. What can I say? Like technology, stuff gets in the way. Um, but if you don't want to go to Block Talk and Rope It Up, cool, I get it. You can find it and download the podcast there. But if not, you can find Rope It Up Radio, which features boxing, football, and later in the year uh, basketball. You can find that Rope It Up Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, download the podcast app. PodBay is another one. Podtail. There's a variety of just just Google it. Rope and Dope Radio Podcast, you'll find something while you're at it. Why don't you, um, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. Sorry, I'm getting some weird things going on. Eastside Boxing and Field Boxing. And one more thing, college basketball is back. Direct TV stream, catch the action with all the best deals, uh, well, with our best deal of 2023 and say $64.99. There's a lot, a lot of big value for the for, for fans. There's an entertainment package plus the DirecTV uh, sports pack for only $84.99 a month plus taxes um, for three months. And you can get it with a 24, you can lock it down with a 24-month agreement. Choose the DirecTV streaming package that's right for you starting at $69.99. Okay. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that stuff, right? Let's get into what happened, like I said, inside the ring. Oops. So, yeah, if you can't hear me ever, if you're, you know, if, there's, if something happens, just, just text me. I've gotten a couple of them. They say we're good to go. It seemed like it was good to go. I even called in as a caller to hear if I could hear myself in the, on the phone and all that. It seemed like it was fine. Um, some people listen to the browser still. Shouts out to the browsers. Um, they said it's fine, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and try to finish the show. I think it's good to go. Anyway, Cordinia, Cordinia and Vasquez, right? So, like I said, after, I already got some. I already got a message saying, you know, that I'm wrong about the Cordinia thing. That that's cool. Like I said. I'm not saying that it was uh, it was close fight. It was a really close fight. I just didn't see eight rounds for either guy. So if you want to call up six four six three eight one four nine nine zero is the call in. If you want to message me back, and that's how you want to do it. That's how most people want to do it. But two cards were eight to four. I didn't see either guy win eight rounds. That that's my point. I did, however, give Cordinia the first. But three out of four rounds. Um, I thought the second round was was very close. Um, I like just to start with the first round. I thought that it was a little surprised that he was trying to push the pace, kind of try to put Vasquez on his back foot a little bit. Which, you know, I get it. I get that. Um, you know, I kind of get that, but. 
Vasquez is a crafty guy, and unless you're like pushing him all the way to the rope and like really bringing the pressure, I'm not sure how effective that can be for a whole fight for Godinia. I would have liked to seen, um, you know, like in the third round, or I'm sorry, the, the fourth round, you know, um, a couple other rounds we'll talk about, but that, I did think that he won the first round, though, just because he was more active. Uh, the second round, I thought it was a really fun round. Um, Vasquez last, or the last part of the, the, the second round, he did land some hard shots. Maybe that was enough for him to steal it, but I'd say early in mid, those short little shots to the body and head, I did give it to Cortina. Vasquez, I gave him I gave him the uh, the third. I thought his overhand right was landed really well. He closed out really strong. I thought he landed the best punch of the round, and really at that time the the best punch of the fight. Um, so you started to see Cordonia kind of move to at range with the jab, um, but I don't know. He, he was holding like the center of the ring which I thought he did pretty good at times uh, in the fourth round and in other times in the fight. Um, but with both hands, I thought he was landing well and then moving on the outside and then picking and choosing at times to do these little mini attacks. So I gave him the fourth round. So I had him up three to one. Um, like I said, the second round was close. It could have been two to two. Um, then I thought Vasquez went on a nice run where he took three out of four rounds, the fifth, the sixth, and the eighth. Uh, the fifth round, that up jab, those cuffing right hands, the left hooks, um, good upper body movement, and, and we said this coming in, or I said this coming in, uh, you know, Vasquez, he's pretty crafty. And he is not just your blind, blind coming forward, trying to brawl, uh, come forward fighter. You know, he, he like a pressure fighter. He uses his jab. He uses upper body movement. He's got these crafty little movements and in, in punches that that he can land. And I thought he did there. A few decent lands with a jab for Cordinia, but that was about it. Uh, but yes, yeah, same stuff in the sixth round. Really crafty stuff by Vasquez. Now, the seventh was a slower round, and I thought that's where Cordinia jabbing at range again, landing a few right hands, landing a couple one-twos, putting them together. And um, I just didn't think Vasquez was active enough, and I, I just didn't think he landed anything in that round that made me give it to him. Um, in the eighth round, though, Vasquez had um, Cordinia on the ropes, you know, a fair amount of the time, landing those overhand rights. I gave it to him, um, and then I gave him the last three out of four rounds, uh, the ninth, the 11th, and 12th. I thought he landed the better shots in the ninth. Um, it was a close round, the 11th. You know, I mentioned that. What was that, the second round? That was close. I thought personally that Vasquez, Vasquez landed the, the better overall punches in that one, but that was close. That was close. And then the left hooks and overhand rights, um, Cordini in the last minute did have success, no doubt, but the jab, those hooks, the cuffing, um, right hands and the overhand rights. I, I just thought it was good enough to win that round. Now I did get Cordinia, um, the 10th round. There was a lot of fun inside work. 
on that one, the first minute especially. Um, but he was jabbing, you know, once again, keeping that distance. It's not that you can't push forward some, but I thought when he was more patient, when he was kind of like able to time Vasquez, even sometimes while moving his head in that upper body movement, he would time him. And that was a problem for Cordenia, I thought, too, is, is timing him because of that. Vasquez is a much craftier fighter than just not coming forward. So I had it 7-5, to five, but as you can see, I have two swing rounds. There were some close rounds just in general. Could have been 6-6. Six, six. You know, I'll give you 7-5 for either guy. You know, one of the judges had it a draw. I just did not see 8-4. to four. Like I said, I don't have it 8-4 to four for Vasquez either. Really didn't see 8-4. to four. Um, That one kind of that's kind of a head scratcher um, for me watching the fight, not for me in reality, knowing that, you know, we get mediocre to sometimes really bad scorecards. This wasn't a really bad scorecard, but I had Vasquez winning that fight. Um, and I thought, that I think there should be a rematch. I don't think there will be, but I, I, I personally do think there should have been, there should be a rematch. Um, you know, Cordenia definitely has, you know, Foster, uh, Warrington, I mean, Frampton, I mean, um, I mean, who am I thinking? I mean, there's a variety of guys. I'm, I'm actually, Oshaki Foster, which I'm not really sure that's going to happen. I mean, there's there's a variety of guys, um, and one of them doesn't have to be Frampton. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I thought he lost the fight. Um, I just, I don't think trying to push Vasquez back without, you know, really leaning into that style was the right thing to do, personally. Um, and it's great to have, like, a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and a plan D, all that, right? You don't want to just fight one way. But I think the key thing is, Fight the way you can win most fights until you can't win that in particular fight that way. That makes sense. There's no point in coming with a different style. I'm not saying he's never brought the pressure to anybody because he has, but when he's a little more patient, I just, and like I said, using some of that length, the reach, the jab, I just think he's a better fighter. And, um, it's like I said, you can throw combinations, you can, you know, get a guy on a rope and go off on him. I'm not saying, like, don't be aggressive ever. It just, I don't know. I just, I felt like being the boxer, make Vasquez, being the come forward fighter to take some of the craftiness that he does out. I just, there's no point, like, why, if you're having success, why switch it up? And I thought that there was some times in this fight where he was fighting the right fight, right, in the right range and all that, and the right game plan. And there's other times you're like, I think you're just giving this thing away. So, like I said, in the rematch, I probably would favor Cordain. But, and I did not thought, think he'd win, you know, by decision. I didn't think he was a uh, majority decision, I suppose. That's a decision, but... Um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of folks for him to fight. I'm assuming it'd be Warrington. Um, 
instead of Frampton. But I, I'm assuming it'd be more than him. But who knows? Um, oh, yeah, and then uh, Ali and Guzman, the the, uh, the rematch. Um, this was, you know, I thought Guzman started pretty good. Um, I thought, you know, she was landing her jab and one-twos pretty good. She had an effective left hook in the first two rounds. Um and then, you know, the, I gave Ali the definitely with the upper body, body movement, the big right hands, you know, setting her up with the jab. I definitely gave her the third. I thought the fourth and fifth were pretty close um, because the way Guzman would close some of those rounds, I felt there was a little bit better. Um, but pretty much once we got to the midway point, it was pretty much all, all Ali. The jab right hand. I think it was, I marked it down in the seventh. She landed like three or four right hands back-to-back as that round closed out, um, just controlling distance with that jab, putting in some body work with that jab. You know, I, I just thought she looked really good. I thought she looked really good. Um, and, you know, she uh, she did her thing. I'll give her credit. I mean, if you look at, you know, that first fight, um, you know, I think, weren't, the, weren't they all in agreements? Because it was really the first half was more Guzman. The second half was more Ali. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. 96-94, all three of them. Yep. And I think that's a fair scorecard because, like I said, um, rounds, those first few rounds, and then even, what did I say, four or five. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was a competitive fight, no doubt. It's just the second half of the fight. Maybe rounds four, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, or maybe four, seven, eight, nine, ten. It was pretty much all her, and I definitely gave it a third, too. Or I meant the third, my bad, my bad, because the fourth was a close fight. Fourth and fifth were really close, same with the sixth. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a good good win by Ali. She, she what was it, Ramla, right? She, she, you know, she got her to get back. And that's not easy to do if you look, look at the first fight and how that went, you know, especially, you know, so uh, kudos to her. Should there be a trilogy? Yeah, I mean, it was close enough to be a trilogy. That's for sure. Um, Adrian Cure was it Curell? Um, I didn't see this one coming over uh, Nashinga. Dude, I mean, what was that? That was the second round, right? Holy cow, that, that one actually surprised me. That was pretty damn good. Um, and then that Kissa, Kissico, Kissaho, no, Kissico, I think someone said that on Twitter, that got a win. It was a decision went over Lucero or whatever on that card. That was from uh, Monaco, right? Yeah, Monte Carlo. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I didn't necessarily agree with the, uh, the main event stuff, to be honest, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is. On to the ESPN Plus card. Um, Murtaya was just toying with Torres, really. I mean, he was hitting him anytime he wanted to. Um, just looking really sharp. I really like this kid. I think he's, he is the goods. Um, I hope he gets, like, a nice step-up opponent next because they moved him nicely. I mean, he had some trouble in a fight. Put him right back in the ring. 
Um, I didn't really think much of his opponent in this one per se, as far as him really troubling him. Um, and, and like I said, I, I believe he was kind of toying with him most of the fight. And then the eighth round, it was uh, a left hook, right hand, left hook. I think that really got him, you know, hurt. And then it was like a nasty uppercut that started it all out. Uh, and fast, too. Really fast. Really accurate. TKO finished it off. Um, so, um, I mean, I was, you know, relatively Im- impressed. I, I, like I said, I didn't really uh, – didn't really. I don't think I gave him a round. Torres. I don't think the. I think I checked the scorecards. I don't think they did either. I'm pretty sure. Now Henry LeBron and William Foster the third. That was a competitive fight. Very competitive fight. And we knew that going in. And um, you know, like when I'm talking about crazy scorecards, 99 to 91. I, I just I don't know, man. But there, but it was a majority decision. So ninety six, ninety four, ninety five, ninety five. Um, like I said, that one that was a little too wide for me. But I thought I did think either it was a draw or or LeBron won, and that just sounds kind of funny to say LeBron. But Henry LeBron did enough to get by. I thought you know, I thought he did. I thought he did. I thought it was a good fight. Um, or you know, pretty good. I thought it was. I, I thought it was way closer than than nine to one. That's for sure. Um, you had uh, Delgado and uh, Ramos. Um, let me see here. I mean, Delgado pretty early on was just wailing off on him, and uh, I think it was like I think it was like three uppercuts in a row. One was like on the way down, knocked him out, done deal. That was, uh, you know, a good way to close the show. It was early. It was the, what was it, the third or fourth round. I think it was the fourth. Yeah, it was the fourth round. Um, and then, you know, that uh, Angel beat Omar. Omar Rosario did get beat um, by Angel Rabio or something like that. And I thought he won that fight, too. I didn't score it, but I did just looking at it, watching it, kind of doing stuff while I'm watching it. Or, no, I was talking to someone while I was watching it. But, I, you know, I definitely had eyes on it, and I, and I definitely thought he, he uh, you know, he won the fight cleanly. Um, in the main event, you know, a Jogba, good all, um, just controlling the distance with that jab. And that's basically what F.A. had to do. And as the fight went on, it didn't, well, it didn't go on long. long. <laughs> I actually thought this would go the distance. If there's going to be a knockout, I thought it'd be later. But, you know, both these guys got pretty good damn pop, right? So good power. So anything could happen. And he started catching them good well coming in with big right hands and uppercuts. Um, and I think it was like a left started really landing a lot of left hooks and then more right hands just a heavy combination led to a TKO uh, with the stoppage um, so F.A. you know he, he did his thing he definitely did his thing and you know he keeps climbing the ladder trying to uh, you know get to a title shot obviously 
obviously we can use the word uh, title shot pretty loosely. Um, not because I don't think he deserves it or something, but it's like, you know, um, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, a lock on whether, you know, he's just not in mandatory range is what I'm trying to say. Long story short, he's just got to, you know, once he gets his ranking exactly right, then he'll be in range to push a Mando and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, he's recovered nicely from getting beat by Frank Sanchez. I mean, shit, you know, at least he's fighting Frank Sanchez, you know. I know that, you know, I've definitely heard more than one person that it is been tough to get fights for, for Sanchez um, after that, especially. And it's not like they're going to pay him, you know, a million dollars or even like 600000 or something like that. So um, that's been a little, well, not, that's been full on disappointing because Sanchez uh, did his thing in that fight too. And um, So shouts out to F.A., did his job, got, you know, did it quicker than I thought. I will give him credit for that. That's for sure. Um, I also watched that um, Yocasta Baya fight against Ortiz. And, uh, I mean, that crowd was lit. Dude. That was an active crowd. She could have, like, she would sometimes miss and they'd be going crazy. Like, that was a fun, that was that's just a great environment. Obviously, I wasn't there, but you could tell. You could tell. They weren't, it didn't seem like they were kind of pumping up the noise or nothing like that. I mean, that was, uh, that was fun. That, that, that always makes it fun. Um, the first couple rounds is really, uh, by a, you know, jab, right hand, jab, left hook, kind of mixing it up, taking like a little half step back, full step, you know, pivoting a little bit. She was really doing her thing. Um, Ortiz had a little moment. She started getting her jab through as the fight went on. Um, and like the midway point, her, her jab in her right hand, but it was pretty one-sided. Um, 99-91, and then 99-92. So Yacosta Vaya definitely, uh, uh, definitely won that fight. Like I said, that uh, they were saying it was in a basketball arena. That shit, uh, that was loud. Like they were pumped. They were pumped. And then you had um, that Noel um, McLean, McLean, or McLean, something like that. I can't remember his damn name for some reason. Um, against Macabu, and this was an easy fight. I mean, I watched, I watched like the replay that's on YouTube. I know there's a cut up one that's like two minutes long or something like that. Um. But I watched uh, the fight. That's on replay. And uh, I believe it's still out there, chilling. Um, I mean, it was like back-to-back right hands that had uh, Makabu on the ground. Second round, he was on the ropes, like in trouble in the second round. And then uh, Michael in left hooks to the body. Big right hands, TKO. You know, I did hear some folks say, I oh, probably could have let, you know, Macabu go. Yeah, that's true. They could have let him go a little bit more, but there really wasn't, to be honest, there really wasn't a whole lot, uh, wasn't a whole lot there. Let's put it that way. 
So, um, so yeah. <laughs> um, you know, not 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 a whole lot there. Anyway, that that about wraps it up. Um, now this weekend, like I said, there's not like a big marquee matchup left and right, you know, or, or, or something that we would look at. I mean, marquee matchup is pretty loosely nowadays. Um, on UFC Fight Pass tomorrow, there is uh, Callum Walsh, Walsh, who's, uh, what do they call him, King, I think. He's like 8-0 or 7-0 or something like that. Most of them by knockout, I think all by knockout, taking on uh, uh, Via Real. It's uh, Ishmael, I believe, at the um, at the at the garden. Oh, uh, is this way? Hold on, it's at the theater at the garden. Yes. So you know that that's uh, and you know he's he's Freddie Roach is his trainer and whatnot, and I think it's Tom Loeffler if I remember correctly who's promoting it. Um, so you know, I would definitely you know if. If you're interested, it's a 10-rounder, 154. Like I said, it's kind of a – well, not kind of. It's a prospect fight. I think it's a good prospect fight, actually, I, I, because, you know, at this – there's actually two prospect fights this weekend that I kind of got my eye on. But Ishmael uh, Valeril, I think it is, Villarreal, like, he's, he's all right. He's all right. Like, um, he had a close fight. I think it was – Back in like February, maybe January. Um, yeah, I think it was February. I should check. But against Holmes, Holmes Jr., it was a showbox card. Um, actually, um, that's the same card where uh, Edward Vasquez won. He beat that to Del Lopez. Kurt Scobie as well. I, God, I can't remember. Hold on. Let me check. So, yeah, it was February. February 17th. Um, you know, he, he's a good fighter. Like, he lost that fight or whatever. Um, but he's all right. You know, I think it's for, you know, Callum Walsh. Actually, I'll get the official guy. 8-0, 7 KOs. I like this fight for him. You know, I think he's going to win, but I, but I like this fight for him. He's coming off a, a fight in August. Velasco. Ooh, he took on Carson Jones in the last fight. I did not even hear about that. Luis Alberto Vernon is on this card, too. Huh. Kane Sandoval. So, yeah, UFC fight pass. Um, like I said, Callum Walsh, prospect. Maybe you want to check it out. Maybe you don't. I don't know, but I'm just letting you know about it. I'm just letting you know about it. Um, I think it's a good prospect fight, that's for sure. Oops. Um. Okay. I'm pretty sure you guys can still hear me. So, Jazone also has a, a card that night. Um, you know, I'm not going to rip it apart or anything like that. Hopefully, it produces you know something good. Um, I mean, it, it's Slim Pickens, and this is what I meant by the old man rumble in the sun. <laughs> Razor Ruddick. Yep. That razor running, take it on James Tony. There's a hey, there's a performance by Beanie Man. I did not know that. Okay, 
now you got me interested. I didn't see. I didn't know Beanie Man was going to be on the show this weekend. I can't believe it's November 11th already. So it's. I believe it's an exhibition. Um, and that's all. I don't know a lot about the fight card, to be honest with you. I mean, beyond you know, Beanie Man. I, I don't know. It's it's from Jamaica. It's Fight Plus pay per view. What they're charging for it, no clue. I guess maybe if you just have Fight Plus, you'll get it. So that that's 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 something to look forward to. Um, and then this is the one that I think is is kind of interesting. It's going to be on straight up YouTube. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of charge or anything like you know YouTube Red or anything. I think it's just straight up YouTube. It's Tito uh, Mercado, who's like 12 and 0. KOs, I think all, no, no, not all, but maybe one or two he didn't get, but um, it's 140. So, I like this. This is, I think it's, yeah, it's Phoenix Center in Ontario, California. It's promoted by Fight City Promotions. So, um, and you know, he's a young guy and he's taking on, um, you know, Jeremiah Nathalia, the dude who fought um, Shakur. And Shakur, remember, he said, hey, that, you know, that that dude could punch or whatever. The tickets, just so you know, the tickets for that event, if you're local there, are start at 75. Uh, they can be purchased by emailing Fight CD Promotions. Doors will open at 6 Central. That's a, it's weird to say 6 Central. This is in California? I mean, hey, it's good for me. But, uh, yeah, so... I think that part of it's cool. Like I said, don't have a lot of information on the undercard. Um, I just don't. Um, and then Sunday, too, I don't know what it's on, though. So I actually I won't talk too much about it if I don't know what it's on. But, yeah, this uh, this Tito dude, Mercado, you know, I remember, like, actually it was yesterday. I thought it was thinking Monday, but it was yesterday that uh, boxing scene had a. Hey, let me look at it really quick. Had a little article on him, and it said he uh, headlines: Tito Mercado aims to se- uh, seal prospect of the year status with a win. Um, and you know, I, I think it's I think it's an interesting. Okay, maybe they'll say a little bit more here about. I think it's a really quality opponent for him, though, and this is the other, you know, prospect that I was talking about as far as, like, you know. I mean, he's still got, you know, he's still got plenty of time to to grow here, but I, let's see. Let's see if this was, uh, you know, let's see if this is too much of a step. I mean, you never know. It could be. But, um you know, they're, they're obviously have some faith in him. I'm not trying to make out his opponent to be a killer or something, but, um, you know, I, I, I think it's pretty good, man. I think it's a good fight for, you know, what we're talking about, prospect stuff. You know what I mean? So, oops. What the hell is going on? So can you guys still hear me? Everything Everything's okay on that, on that part? Because... It kind of was acting up a little bit. I think you can, but 
let me know if if you're uh, you know. Let me know if if, um, if you're having problems hearing me. I think I'm good to go, like I said, but um, all right. So, like I said, you know, pretty light weekend, but prospect wise, you know, if those two fights were on one card or something like that, you know what I mean? I think it'd be a little different. You know, maybe we'd have a little different you know, of a, of a, a thought process there. But um, the fact that it's on YouTube, that's a pretty good deal. You know what I mean? It's a pretty good deal. I, I mean, you're not, you're not having to charge for it. it it's, you know, it's not a, some kind of uh God dang, what the hell? All right. I think I'm good to go. That was weird, but I'm pretty sure I'm good to go. So yeah, that that that's about it. Um, and you know, like he's fought two people that I think two fighters, <laughs> not just people, but fighters. I mean, they're people too. That obviously, you know, Lundy, Hank Lundy. A lot of folks know that guy. Um, he, he took him out early, but then also uh, Velez, Jason Velez. That's another guy that I remember those two fights, especially the Blaz, because that that did last long. Um, and then I did see this summer. I remember seeing that. Uh, what was that dude's name? I just gotta get this box back. It's like Indongene or something like that. That was his, that was the that was the ten rounder. That was the ten rounder. He, like I said, he only. He only went the distance once, and that was the 10-rounder. Yeah, that was the summer. This is the summer. So, you know, I think it's uh, definitely worth a look, you know. Take a look, see. It's on, it's, it's on YouTube, so. All right, so. This is from Boxing Scene as well, but originally from the Wall Street Journal. Netflix reportedly exploring live boxing shows featuring PBC and Jake Paul. Not at the same time, but that's what it says. Netflix is exploring further testing the live sports programming waters with a boxing card headlined by Jake Paul and a separate show headlined by, the, uh, by fighters from the PBC, according to a report published by the Wall Street Journal on Friday. So... You know, what's that? <clears throat> Does that mean this is part of the deal? It's just a, a, is it a one-off? And they're, maybe they're going to have a few of them this year. <clears throat> I, that I don't know. That I don't know exactly what's up with that. But um, I know that, you know, even says here that I didn't see it, but that, that um, Untold series with Jake Paul, um, Netflix, there's actually a quote in here. We aren't anti-sports. We're pro-profit. Uh, previously stated in January, discussing the arms race, acquiring live sports. It's that thing. Netflix took a while to become profitable, and I can see why they're like, hey, you know, let's stay in this lane. Um, Netflix first four year into sports live. Oh, it arrived. Oh, it arrives November fourteenth. Netflix Cup featuring. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, the golf, golf professionals and Formula One drivers. Uh, to start separate documentaries. See, I thought there was like a pro-am. 
kind of behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I know that they've done a lot of that um, as far as just sports documentaries, obviously documentaries in general, but you know, the big one was that um, that quarterback one. That was a pretty good one. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's about it on that front. It is now official that um, December 16th, David Morrell Jr. will headline the show, the last Showtime Championship Boxing main event, because technically it's a, you know, it's a, a secondary strap, um, against Senia Agbeko. And that's the guy he was supposed to fight on the undercard of uh, Garcia, of Tank and Garcia. That, that, that's who that was supposed to be. So, you know, at that time, I thought it was an okay fight for him. Um, the thing is, he needs rounds. And, you know, if he would fight this guy and then Shishkin, and Shishkin has been brought up a lot when it comes to him. And speaking of, I mean, you know, Ryder was another guy that, that you know, could have taken the fight, but he is one of those guys that, the risk reward thing, so he is kind of in a tough spot, but we'll see. You know, I I remember seeing David Benavidez saying, "Hey, if Canelo, if I beat, you know, when I when I beat, I suppose he, he would say, but when I beat Andre, you know, like if, if Canelo doesn't give me the fight, I'm going to take. Definitely want Morel to get another fight or two, and I I would have I I want the next one to be against Shishkin. If possible, obviously he's got his own people and they're going to, you know, move them how they, they want. And, and it also comes down to the mandatory spot and that type of thing. Um, sure, you could say, well, this is a championship belt because they're counting it. Yeah, that's true. But um, I don't know. I, I would just like it against this dude and then just get next and at least just get more around. And that's the one thing. I think he may have won a round or two on Shishkin Tops. Um, maybe just a round. He did last the distance. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I keep harping on. And he, he, he needs rounds. Like, if you're not going to be able to get a quality uh, veteran guy like a writer, he needs rounds. And that means you need quality of guys that can get you deeper in the fight. Because otherwise, you know, it, it's... It's just tough, you know what I mean? Um, so, because a lot of people are like, I'm good, dude, I don't, you know. And, and, and to be honest, some of it is just, you know, the people behind the scenes, right, the suits and the management and all that. Um, Shishkin, yeah, so for the IBF, Shishkin is um, ranked second behind William Skull. And, you know, the IBF, you know, so many people love the IBF because they really push their guys. But, you know, um, so he's he's in pretty good position there, especially if Alvarez were to drop it. Um, otherwise, you know, the WBC obviously has, a, you know, made a, a vacant intra, or a interim belt. That's basically what Morrell has. 
Um, and where is he? Shishkin's not ranked over there. Shishkin's not ranked in the WBA, so I got to take that off. But of course, they could just last second. Hey, by the way, this fight's happening, type thing. And, and oh, by the way, you got ranked. Yeah, Shishkin's ranked fifth in the. Or, I'm sorry, fifteenth in the WBO. But he's ranked second in the IBF. So, you know, they, they, I wouldn't doubt if they're trying to just. Get it to the point where Alvarez drops the belt and then takes on that dude for it, you know. Um, so it is what it is. Um, it's better than having back, you know. Like there was talks about a, a head-to-head December night um, for Showtime, and I'm glad they're not doing that because there's already a good fight that night, and it's just like, you know, and it, and it, it would have been. You know, it may have been. It never got announced. Um, so when people say, oh, they, they scrapped it, it's like, well, or they canceled it. It's like, well, I'm, I think a lot of those, those fights are made. They're just going to get pushed back to 2024. New platform is. Um, like I said, I, I think I know what it is. I have a, a pretty damn good source. Um, but I don't know for a fact. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this is what it is. Oh, this is what it is. And I'm also not going to say, oh, they don't have a deal. They don't have a deal, and they're just desperate, and they, but they won't go to the zone because, uh, you know, a personal beef and stupid shit like that. The usual suspects go with that. I don't go with that. Um, but is there a PBC announcement coming soon, relatively soon? Was that, you know, could that be tomorrow? Could it be in a week, a month? Yeah, I do believe there's something. I, I believe he's, it's already done. Um, so that's just my, my – like before any kind of information really was out there, I thought they already had one done, to be honest with you. But um, some people will make it sound like they're just now taking meetings, that they were completely shocked that this happened. I don't think they were shocked that this happened. Um, like shocked, like didn't have a backup plan. I don't think that, but um, one thing that was pretty interesting is to see Espinoza with Boots. Because remember, Boots Ennis was with Showtime, not necessarily with the PBC. And when he went to, you know, training camp, it sounds like they were trying to get, you know, him a fight, but once again, getting tougher and tougher to get a quality opponent. And the second, and I know a lot of people just say, well, just get him active. That's true. That is very true. But then what are you going to, you know, like how much shit is he going to get? And, you know, you can't just look at it from that angle either. But which side are you going to be on there then if he does just stay busy? You're probably fucking dog for taking on a mediocre opponent. So hopefully he gets a big fight soon. I am glad that they're not going that night, you know, because to have pay-per-views, that, that's what it was rumored to be, a pay-per-view, and that would have sucked all, all you know, two pay-per-views all in one night. It's just, it's not good. Now, the message I was getting had to do with some of this stuff, but I keep getting messages and emails, too, recently, on this Waddle and Reed stuff. 
and how Al Heyman owes Waddell and Reed. Whether it's the original 425 or 450 or the whole fund that was in there, the 900, and, and, it, and it came out of a fund that was le- that investment they had for BBC was less than one percent, like of the actual fund. Because um, we first heard about it as in the 400s, and then we found out, you know, that it was actually more in that in that fund, but. It just this sounds like Rick Glacier because he keeps he spread this rumor for a long time that they owe Waddle and Reed money. Like when you when an investment firm like this and it was a pretty big firm, and I remember when the stock started not doing as good, people were blaming you know the PBC and Al Heyman and just all sorts of stupid shit. Um, and then, you know, they'll look at a fund report and be like, oh, look, and they were, it's out of money. But then the, if you read further and look into it further, they were actually putting funds together and whatever. My point is, he doesn't owe them $450 million. It's not this automatic, like, if you get investment money, I mean, look at Fight TV. Look at, uh, well, not well. It's Fight TV Plus, but um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, completely drawing a blank here. Oh, Triller. They kept getting money. So did they owe all these people money then? Like, if someone invests in money, it can be a bad investment, but it doesn't mean like he, they didn't. He didn't take out a loan for four hundred and fifty million dollars from Wano and Reed said, hey. Uh, okay, I took out a loan. It's going to take me, you know, 20 years to pay it back. Here's the interest rate. That's not how it went. So when he says he owes these guys a bunch of money, show me that information. I want to see the public information about Al Heyman and Heyman Sports and LLC this and LLC. Show me where it says he owes. He's in debt to Waddle and Reed. For $450 million or nine hundred, whatever you want to say. Let's just call it a fucking billion, right? Show me that. Show me where that is because I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. So um, he didn't get a loan from them, right? The, 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 the headlines didn't read. Al Heyman takes out record loan for boxing. That's not what it said. So it is different than a loan. Like, that's what they're coming at me in the messages. That's why I'm bringing this up. That they're saying, well, he t- you know, he took out a loan, and now he owns this kind of money. It's like, <laughs> anyway, it, like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with Rick Glacier. Because, you know, the last last time I heard from him a long time ago that he, 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 was, he always spews a bunch of dumb shit anyway. You know, that's what it sounds like, a glazer thing. So that these people have been glazed and they just don't realize it, as the saying goes. Um, so, oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to get to more current fight news and stuff like that. And, 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 and bot, you know, we'll close with the boxing Twitter segment. It's not going to go that long because, like I said, it just – I'm just lucky I'm able to do the show the way it sounds like. I've, I've heard some other blog talkers having an issue today. Anyway, 
So Ring TV, Ring Magazine, right? The Bible of Boxing and all that, right? They're try- they they put up for Vogue, which it's just like I just don't understand it. But they put up for vote for Lineal for their belt. So right now their Ring Magazine at one twelve is vacant. It doesn't have a Lineal champ, right? But they voted for Bam and Sonny to be for Lineal. And, you know, on the surface you go, well, hey, those are some of the top fighters in that weight class. Maybe it is the best two going head-to-head. And that that argument's fine, you know, totally fine. Like, if you think that's the best two, that's fine. I I can agree with that maybe, or maybe not even maybe. I can agree with that. However, there's rankings. In the rank, Sonny's number one as far as ranking. There's no lineal. And Bam is number four. One against two is, generally speaking, what the lineal is supposed to be. Now, the one against three, although some of them have been suspect, Anthony Crowley, Jorge, Linares, you could, you could make an argument that, well, we're, we have these three fighters, this, these one and two are not going to fight each other for whatever reasons. Um, usually it's like politics gets in the way, so let's just do it. But that, that lends itself to politics just right there. But to even put it up for vote for one against four for lineal, it just goes against the rules. So, like I said, I have seen a one against three once in a while. It has happened. And Sometimes it's legit, sometimes it's suspect. You know, I mean, the Linares one that I just mentioned, that was suspect. It was suspect because Linares was going to get more money fighting Crowley than he was fighting the number two guy. And so he didn't fight him straight up. And I'm not saying, oh, he ducked him. It was for more money. It is what it is. But it was on some, and I remember having an argument with, Good old Montero back there. This is just this is when he'd actually sometimes at least argue people and not just block you right away. But I remember him just ah yeah no whatever it's fine you know because you know he's all tight with the ring. But that that's just nonsense. It makes no fucking sense. One against four. I mean, there's rankings for a reason. If you if you want to say the rankings are fucked up and they should be one and two, cool. That's that that now that makes more sense. But if you're, you know, if you're just going to, I just, that's just, it just shows you. It just shows you how how silly it is. It's like, what's the point of having a standard if you're just, you're just going to go right against it? It it just, it's it's very telling, let's say. It's very telling. Okay. Um, This is uh, SN Boxing Adam. There are a couple of additional fights on the Stevenson uh, De Los Santos undercard <clears throat> that I like. The Troy Isley versus uh, Vladimir Hernandez. I think we talked about that before. That is good. Um, I like that fight. Um, and then Ornelia's uh, in up against Floyd Davis. Um, against Floyd Davis? Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. I read that wrong. Um, yeah, because Max would be the, the step up. Yeah, but he meant Floyd Diaz is what he meant, not 
So there's also this rumor going out there that Tank versus Cruz will launch in January, the PBC, Amazon, you know, um, whatever. And by the way, that Alberto Palmetta beat, um, Jen, was it Jen Nelson, uh, Boca Chico, or Boca Chica, sorry, on Pro Box. Um, Leo, Angelo Leo returned too. He, he did really well. But that was a, it was a competitive fight, good fight, but Palmetta uh, got the job done. Yeah, that was good. Um, so, what the hell was that? Yeah, I think he was off for like 25 or 28, 30 months or something like that. He, uh, he, he got a, a ninth round stoppage, if I remember correctly. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, 97-93 and two ninety-six-94s for Belmada. I thought it was a competitive fight. You know, I thought that was. A, I did see. I did see that Stanonius said, "Well, Golden Boy was like put out a message out there saying, hey, we want to work with everybody, this, that, and the third, and you know, big, big time. We want it. We want. We want everybody." Right, and uh, and Stanonius came out and said, "My advice to oh, it was for uh, I think it was Lawson." So my my advice to Lawson asked for at least 50, oh, oh yeah, because it was uh, Virgil Ortiz. That's what it was. It was Virgil. That's why he got involved. I was thinking about something else. Obviously, Gold Boy, but yeah, I was thinking about something else. Um, so that's who Ortiz is fighting talked about and he said ask for at least 50 percent of the purse in advance and good old rick came out and said really come on now you were the first to back out of a fight soon as vada testing was announced your appendix literally 24 hours later had to be removed and you couldn't fight for 60 days let's not throw stones that's what he said right now the rebuttal was vada testing was signed january 30th i I had my appendix on January 7th, and I was tested through the Olympics till the day. Never had an issue. I see on social media you always come with bullshit. Come with the facts next time. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Um, so it's not 100% official, but it sounds like Lipinets and Rivera, Michelle Rivera and Sergey Lipinets will be on a, on a stream. Actually, did they finally make this? Because I think Vito and Salazar are on there, too. Did they make that official? Let me check really quick. I think I saw that the other day. I know that was rumored for a while. I like that fight, actually. I do like that fight. Here we go. Yeah, it actually just came up. There we go. Just random hits. Got posted just like 30 minutes ago or something like that. Let's see if it lines up. Yeah, 10-rounder. Lipinets and Rivera, and then Vito, yep, 10-rounder as well. So, yeah, so that'll be on the YouTube channel, uh, Facebook channel of Showtime. So, yeah, the, I like those fights. Those are good fights. So that's four, That's five out of the six fights that I that I like out of that card. Obviously, the, the Charlo fight is a super tune-up. You know what I mean? It's not really a, 
Um, Teddy Atlas says he's already better than Wilder, talking about Ngannou. Um, and there is there is, there was a rumor going around, and, and the the president of the PFL did say that there's actually truth to that rumor that Ngannou, um, there's a two fight deal with Wilder and Ngannou potentially, um, to where one would be. MMA, one would be boxing. And I believe not long ago on Blood Source. Yeah, Blue Blood. Oh, it's Blue Blood. I didn't know that. Blue Blood Sports TV. Um, Deontay Wilder has declared that he intends to do the crossover MMA um, and fight the UFC, oh, it's fighting the UFC before it retires? Well, that wouldn't be the UFC. That'd be MMA. Um, he said it'll be, da- oh, I'll be dangerous in the UFC with those four-ounce gloves. So, yeah. Um, now, does that mean it, like, with the UFC and it, it has nothing to do with Ngannou, or does that mean Ngannou's there? Uh, Luke Thomas said, curious to see how much money Fury and Gangu ultimately lost. Uh, yeah, because the, the pay-per-view here did really, really bad. It, it did exceptionally bad. Um, no surprise there. I think, it, I think I read somewhere that it did 400000 in the U.K. Or maybe just outside the U.S. in general. That I don't know for a fact. Um so on the zone, they're starting December first. I got this uh, this little press release. Red All Boxing to begin nine event series on the zone. First card, December first. Red All Boxing decided to bring a new, fresh product. Blah 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 blah. blah. Our goal at Red All Boxing is to provide to provide structure to boxing's middle class, exciting fights featuring top prospects ready competitors. So hopefully the mid-level, um, you know, the mid-level stuff. This is going to be um, all, what's it say, all nine of them will take place at one venue on Friday nights. Uh, it's a 1,500-seater. It's in Houston. It's a state-of-the-art sports performance facility. So um, that's kind of a cool idea to have it in the same venue the whole time. I think that's kind of kind of interesting. Um, oh man! So <laughs> I just saw this video not long ago, and it's Teofimo Lopez working as a garbage man. Um, now I want to say sanitary, you know, all I'm not I'm not ripping anybody for working that job. Okay, um, you can make some good money. That's not what I'm here for. But when you got a guy <laughs> like Teofimo Lopez and all the stuff he said, in the, you know, in years past, if he in fact is to try to pay the bills, making you know, doing this, that'd be pretty crazy for him. He said he's retired, but he's not retired. He's staying in the gym. And here's his tweet. He said, "Boxing is garbage without Teofimo." Some guy was uh, shooting a video, and he asked him, hey, are you Tiafimo Lopez? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I thought you were retired. He's like, yeah, man. Like, this pays better. 
Teofimo is all over the place because I remember after he won that fight, he was talking about $5 million. $5 million is my minimum, and it only becomes there. Shoot, I'll shoot for $20 million is my minimum, you know. Actually, here it is. $5 million minimum now, and this is only the beginning. Soon I'll shoot for $20 mil. Take a lesson out of my book. In order to make the big dollars, you have to take the risks first. This is obviously right after the Loma fight. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, you got to make ends meet. I'm not – it's just it's, – it's a head-scratcher if that's, a, if that's his job now. It is a head-scratcher because if you got – that's not easy work. And, hey, you can get a good workout, you know, but that's not easy work. And like I said, I'm not ripping anybody in the sanitary business. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not even trying to dog Teofimo. I'm just looking at it like if you're really planning on a fight next year and it's a big fight and you're not in – you're doing this instead of being in the gym, like you could do both, sure, but at the world level, at, at such a high level that Teofimo Lopez is at, it's taking time out of the gym. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that was a one-off or that's what he's doing. Or I, I have no clue. Like I said, you got to make ends meet. I'm not, you know, throwing shade at him. But if he's got to do that job, like, full-time and then also train, that's not going to be easy, dude. That is not going to be easy, and that does not bode well to fight a top-level fighter. I'll say that. Uh, this is Redders. Um, Usyk has now welcomed the prospect of Tyson Fury fight happening in February. It could be February. I would very much like it to be February. I was ready for December 23rd, but since he got injured or a knockdown, it would be postponed. So that was pretty quick. He was talking about a lawsuit and all that. Um, by the way, Yoannis Tellez is back in Orlando, this is Warriors Boxing Promotions. Um, he's taken on Levon Navarro in an all-Cuban showdown. Um, so that's December 15th. It's going to be on the zone. Uh, Tellez is looking to build off his sensational national televised KO of uh, Sergio Garcia. So yeah, keep an eye on him or that coming up. Um, so... So when we talk about Gervonta Davis' next fight um, or maybe Spence Crawford, maybe this is it, I don't know. But Dan Raphael, and I, actually I had looked, uh, you know, I had, I had um, looked at the agenda myself, and Showtime is out of boxing of the year. This is his tweet. Um, but PBC, TGB, go on. On the agenda for Tuesday Nevada Commission meeting is a request by TGB for January 13th at the MGM for a card to be televised on paper. So, um, is Netflix going to do, you know, a pay-per-view? I doubt it. You already got to pay. I, I doubt it. But maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, that quote did say he's in the making money, you know. Uh, that the president of whatever, and that quote I just read. So, you know, president of sports operations or whatever. 
he's basically saying we don't want to throw a bunch of money around um, like Amazon's doing. You know, like that NFL, they pay a billion dollars a year for that NFL Thursday night. Um, sounds like uh, Amazon's going to try to set up either a Tuesday or a Thursday night um, NBA night in the future with this new deal. Um, so, you know, I'm assuming that would be after football season, but uh, maybe it'd be Tuesday night instead, you know. Um, but anyway, that's something to, uh, I don't know, it says pay-per-view, so maybe that's the first installment of what's coming. I don't know. Uh, this is Most Valuable Promotions, which, you know, is Jake Paul. Uh, bad Blood gets settled December, so they have Bad Blood. Andre August and him, I guess, have Bad, bad Blood. I'm out of the loop. But he's fighting. Um, he's fighting. Jake Paul's fighting Andre uh, August. And he said that he's going to – it's just straight up on the zone. So, you know, I don't know. So Disha Green and Francon uh, Cruz Desern on the zone. Um, that'll be for the WBC uh, super middleweight uh, title. So he's uh, staying busy. Rich Murata. He said, I had to cancel my sub to the zone today. Just not worth the 225 a year. Uh, this is from Blue Blood as well. Deontay Waller has revealed that he's now back in talks for a potential fight with Andy Ruiz. The fight is not lost. These guys get on my nerves. But, yeah, we're back in talks. Uh, there was a lot of apologizing. We'll see what happens. Um, and, and he, you know, he said that he had that little something wrong with him. Um, so, you know, he got that little surgery or whatever. I, I don't know. I have no clue what's going on with that, to be honest with you. Um, this is Tim Boxio, uh, former world champion, Rosario, back in action. Jason Rosario, Friday night in Santa Domingo. So there you go. I don't think it's, you know, too crazy, but... Oh, there was some... Um, so Jamal Charlo basically made it sound like, you know, he, he may move up uh, to 168 after his next fight. He may try to fight David Benavidez. Um, you know, he said he called it a trophy. He said, you know, you can come take it, that type of thing. Um, that's what Keith Eidick tweeted. And Mauricio Solomon said it's very un- he, he quote tweeted Eidick, it's very unfortunate to post such a misleading comment and not the many other statements he did. Charlo is proud WBC champion, fully respects the organization. We just spoke, confirmed directly for him or from him. It's very, very common to take a few words here and there and make a story. It's like, what? Uh, and as we know, and Eidick talks about it too, that you know Carlos Adamas, who, who by the way – said he was okay when 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 Broadway Joel had Mauricio Solomon on <laughs> they brought on Carlos and he was like I'm good though we're good so it's kind of like well hang on dude you can't be good and then say why am I not champion but he said you know he's been interim champion for 13 months which defies the very definition of interim why haven't you ordered that fight why haven't you made you know the champion recess that's the biggest just make him a champion in recess. It's, that's the most obvious one. 
Because if you're going to side with Charlo on the mental health thing, cool. Then make him a fucking, you know, a champion in recess. He also, what's unfortunate, what's unfortunate is the audacity. Uh, wait, the thing cut off here. Oh, yeah. So he says he, about the misleading comments, you know, um, condescending, erroneous nature of your, you know, he quite literally said, I'm not worried about the trophies. Y'all want it? Uh, you can have it. You can come get it tomorrow. Now, did he mean, like, come get it? We'll fight for it? Or, you know, I, it sounds pretty much like that. Um, like the other way is what he said. Like, you know, he's just saying shit. Cause they did get in a heated back and forth. It got pretty funky. This is uh PR guy. Or one of them. Um, I think he got moved up to matchmaker now or something, uh, Evan Corn. But he said when you talk about – someone actually sent me this. When you talk about these uh, – about guys to put on the pound-for-pound pound list, Emmanuel Navarrete, 12-0 and 0 with nine KOs and world title bouts across three-way class. 13th, 13th world title next Thursday. He has won more title fights than any active champion since he first became champion uh, December 2018. And that's fair. You know, the dog bow, he fought some other Saul dudes, obviously Valdez, but like, just doing the numbers game, you know, that's where you lose me. When you do the, oh, third, no one's ever done, no one, or not ever, but no one's done it since then. Well, first of all, you know, there was about a four-fight run that were just garbage defenses. And that's not ripping number. I'd say, hey, I give him a lot of credit. I actually thought Oscar Valdez would beat him. So I give him a lot of credit, but I don't think he should be a pound-for-pound pound fighter. Um, and to me, it's like, you know, Via and Valdez, Dogmo, those are good. But, I mean, he had a, a run on that WBO circuit. There was about three or four fights in a row that were just sucked. So to sit there and be like, no other fighter has had 13, whatever, 12, you know, like, okay, cool, but most of those fighters that we're going to talk about that are titleless, if they had a little, you know, if they had an opponent run like that, they'd be getting dogged. You know what I mean? So, it is what it is. This is from Fight Hype. Um, David uh, Benavides, and he said, you know, if Canelo won't fight me after I'm done with Andre, that fight doesn't happen, then I, then I think, oh, he said, I think, then I think I'll fight David Morrell. That'd be a great fight to think. Is the key word there, though. And then with Wilder, more from that Blue Blood Sports, he said uh, Wilder uh, wants to set up a face-to-face meeting with Anthony Joshua. I just don't know what's up with Joshua, bro. Maybe I'm going to have to go to England and sit down on some real man shit. I don't want him to feel like I have anything against him. But I know he's afraid of me. Joshua, me and you, you are the biggest fight in the world, bro. What are you doing? I just, just want to talk to that dude. So he's like, I don't know. I said, I don't want to feel like I have anything against him. But he's afraid, you know. I don't know if that's going to go over. By the way, I forgot to mention it, but it was a, Really, I'm not going to say meaningless fight because, you know, hey, he got, he got back in the ring, uh, Herring. 
Jamal Herring last night. First round knockout, easy win, but he's back. I don't know if he's back to stay or whatever, but DeBella did say that Lomachenko and Cambosas is next, and that, that's been, you know, that's been a very well-known fact for some time now, if I'm being honest. Um, hey, I saw highlights. Someone sent me the Luis Lopez and Salvador Bracento, Bracento. Um, they want to run it back after the, the draw verdict. This was from uh, two days ago on Boxing Scene, this headline that someone sent me. Yeah, I saw highlights of that. I think it was, what, um, Fox Deportes? I think it was I think it was also on. Um, it says, uh, it will, in addition, it'll, so also live stream on Fight Stars dot network in English. In addition, New Blood will air the tape delay on Estrella TV. Okay, so if you didn't see it, you can check it out on Estrella TV. Yeah, I did actually see just highlights of that, though. I didn't see the whole thing. Didn't see the whole thing. So, um, what else do we got here? Oh, Keyshawn Davis. Talk about that last week, or was that this week, that Keyshawn Davis got in trouble for popping for for Reed. He said an entire boxing match never got overturned in boxing. An entire boxing match never got overturned in boxing history. Why did they feel like they had to make an example? Someone please explain. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, there's plenty of people that talk about Kasim Uma and Mike Tyson, and it's like, nah, dude, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, they if if weed's not legal in the state that you're fighting in, guess what? You can't t- t- pos- blah, 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 test positive for weed. You just can't. So, now, I didn't watch that Herring Molina, but I did hear that people were like, the sound was messed up, uh, like a feed from the promo week loop. You know, I saw Jake saying that. I don't know. So someone sent me a Montero tweet talking about shine my shoes and pass me the barbecue chips, but he used the N-bomb. I don't know this to be a fact, okay? I I can't go on Twitter this second and look because he blocked me a long time ago. He always talks about, well, you know, why don't you address me? And people always say this stuff, but they don't want to address me. It's like, well you block everybody. But I don't know this to be a fact if that's what he actually said this year. I don't know if he, I mean, he used the hard R2 in this tweet. I don't know if that's a fact. There's a lot of fake stuff. I don't know if it's a fact. Uh, Charlo, by the way, it is a, it's a non-title fight, so of course it's a catch weight, 163. I don't, I don't, that doesn't really bother me. Because it is what it is. I don't. I don't really look at that fight as like. I don't give a shit about the fight, you know. So if it's not if it's a non-title fight, then once you're in a ten-round non-title fight, you can be a pound over. Like it's no big fucking deal. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, it's just a. It's a tune-up fight. Is all it is. Hey, by the way, how did that? Uh, how did that uh, Yoshida Metcalf? fight. I forgot to check that one. So yeah, TalkSport said it did around 400,000 buys talking about the Fury and Ghana fight. Uh, 
Okay, so <laughs> this is Adrian Broner. He said, I never knew nothing about an offer to fight King Ryan, right, Ryan Garcia. Uh, I'm just now finding out about it as we speak, but I'm here to let you know that I don't need a tune-up for, you know, I don't need a tune-up for shit after Ryan uh, take, oh, he just has to take care of business in December, and we can make it ASAP. He went on to say, you know, I already fought uh, Manny. I'm not worried about this guy. And someone sent me this, too. This is a good point. I saw this on Twitter from Lineal Boxing Champion. He said, the only flyweight to have beaten a top five ranked opponent this year is uh, that Atrum dude, uh, Keon or whatever. He outpointed David Jimenez. Um, and Jimenez was the top four at the time for TBRB. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, oh, Lee Samuels retires after 40 years at top rank. So. He definitely put in a lot of years. Oh, Jared Anderson was arrested on Monday morning in Ohio and booked on charges of improperly handling firearms in a vehicle while knowingly under the influence and operating a vehicle under the influence of alcohol or drugs per jail records. That's Coppinger. And it it is one of those things that's legal to have guns, but once you have something illegal in your car or... You um, you're under you know you're drunk and you're driving, then all of a sudden that becomes an issue. So that's how they do it. It's legal to have a gun and all the you know with the permit. Actually, I don't know their permit thing. A lot of states aren't getting ready even having a needing a permit, but I should say a lot some. Um, but that's why that's why it, it made it a little um, extra. So Michael Hunter said. Big news dropping soon. Hopefully he gets a big fight. Lee Wood. Oh, that's who I, uh, that's, I forgot Wood was coming up. Lee Wood, Oshaki Foster, Emmanuel Navarrete, Cordinia next fight. Lee Wood. That's who I forgot. I totally forgot he was coming up. So, yeah, definitely that. And, yeah, someone sent me this, too. I love Tim Bradley, but his recent bias is crazy. Recent. (laughs) Oh, recency bias. Okay. Keyshawn da- <laughs> Davis was the best thing since sliced bread the other day. Now Murtaya is dominating a guy, dominating guy that Keyshawn would also dominate. Now he's better than Keyshawn. It's 50, 50 Yeah. Like I said, I, I like Bradley, but it's always been it's always been funny. Cordina not financially motivated to fight Oshaki Foster. Good fighter, but I'm not making no money from him. Are they doing pay-per-views over there? Is that what that is? Um, also on that card, Javier Martinez, first-round knockout. Yep, that is true. I did forget to talk about that. Um, and then, um, oh, Cassis Cheney, big right hand, took out uh, Trevor Bryant. I did see the highlight. Definitely did not watch that fight. But, yeah, this is what I was talking about. Uh, Dave Meltzer and Ganu Fury only did 11,500 on TV pay-per-view buys in the U.S. and 56,000 on streams on ESPN+, which that would be pretty bad. Uh, Reebok signs a deal with Shakur Stevenson. That's cool for him. 
Felix Verdeo, this is Jake Donovan's tweet. For Felix Verdeo has been a, uh, has been sentenced to life for each of the two guilty charges: kidnapping resulting in death and death of an unborn child from April 2021 murder of his, you know, of Rodriguez. Uh, sentences to be served concurrently, so that's that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. Um. Oh, Eddie Hearn has declared that he will be making an official offer, this is from Boxing Social, to Bob Arum top rank in the next few days. So this, <coughs> the offer probably already came through, um, to stage Jack Catterall and Josh Taylor rematch. Oh, this is what Oscar said. He said, attention PBC fighters without a promotional or promoter contract. Call my headquarters and let's make some good fights. You know, he's, he's been really, uh, you know, out there saying, hey, let's all get together and let's do this and let's do that and wants to make all the best fights. Here's one of the dumbest tweets. This is one of the most random fanboy tweets, I think. Um, Tyson Fury detractors, did, did you, so Tyson Fury detractors, did you forget Muhammad Ali lost to a fighter with six fights and Leon Spinks. I mean, put Leon Spinks in Ngannou and, and line him up like that. I mean, come on, dude. Like, what are we doing here, dude? What are we doing? I mean, that, that's that's bad. This is what I'm talking about, Montero. The fact. Okay, so the million dollar question. This is from a tweet. Which TV streaming network will PBC go to? And it says anywhere but the zone. And it's got a tumbleweed in it, right? So, and it's like a cartoon, you know, thing. There's like a tank in there. There's a whatever. And this is what Montero says, the, the guy who, you know, really doesn't care about platforms. The fact that he lets personal beefs in his ego prevent him from going to the zone, which may be the best overall option currently available for his fighters, not to mention boxing says it all. I mean, oh my God, it's just so funny, dude. It's just so funny, man. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, I don't, like I said before, I don't know that to be a true uh, tweet like the one before. I have no clue. Here is one of the biggest trolls, and this is, Ray Jackson is an old school troll where you can clearly see he's a troll, and it's funny. He's not a media member, so that's why I don't go off on him. A lot of I've gotten messages saying, "Why don't you go out with Ray Jackson? He's he's doing uh, fake pay per view numbers, dude. He's not in the media though. He's not part time media. He doesn't have a podcast. It, he's a troll. It's it's funny. Some of the shit he does now. Some of it's over the top. Here's one of them. Crawford had his biggest fight of his career at age 36. Bivol beat uh, Canelo last year at age 34. Usyk will fight Fury, uh, the Fury fight, uh, you know, the biggest fight of his career at age 36. Loma's biggest fight of his career was 35 against Devin. Now, that was Tiafimo. And his whole point is relax on my guy who's 29 tank. The, the Loma fight, Loma had already had a big fight. That, that's, that's over the top. But he's a troll, man. It's funny. 
See, those are the trolls I have missed where we know that they – we know that a lot of things they're saying is just trolling, and it works, you know. But if I'm going to sit there and treat him like a media member, why would I do that? He's not claiming he's a media member. I mean, if you don't like his fake paper numbers, don't retweet him then. Like, don't do anything to him. Um, this is Mark Ortega. Keith Thurman is this era's Ike Turner. Oh, my God. Ike Corte. God, what's up? I'm Ike Corte. Extremely talented fighter who suffered a loss in his first pay-per-view headline bout to a legend and then lost the desire to try and climb back up the mountain. Yeah, I mean, you can't really, uh, I mean, that, that kind of sounds about right. Anyway, I think I'm going to get out of here. There hasn't been any kind of late-breaking news I can talk about for a second. Get my thoughts out. I don't think so. Let me double-check. I think that's about it. Let me double check something real quick. I think that's it. Um, so like I said, hopefully some of these prospects, you know, get tested. Hopefully that's the case. Um, and they're good fights. And like I said, sometimes on these weekends, man, shit will just pop off and we'll be like, oh, my God, that was a great fight, you know. It was a great fight. And we just, now, you know, it happens. It happens from time to time. So, pretty heavy on the prospect stuff. Two of them that I highlighted. Hopefully, uh, you know, they turn out good. I'm going to get out of here, though. Enjoy the weekend. I'm going to do my best to get back to that, you know, the, the Tuesday night, which I don't see anything in my way for this next week. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight four or five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. I'm going to show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth of, 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 of what I deserve. Why? Because I'm the world champion.